2: We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
3: This is vSEN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to v Final Countdown on a Wednesday. I'm Stormy Tony. Jeff Parles in for Matt Brown today, as he always likes to say about me when I'm on the road. He's, you know, doing the more important things today. <laughs> that's uh, what a guy he is. But, hey. no, he's getting ready for the uh, the MMA awards tomorrow, the World MMA Awards. It'll be awesome what they're doing over there at the Sahara.
3: Oh, that's a, that's a lot of fun. I didn't, I didn't I had no idea where Matt was today. I just got a text from our boss, John Goulet. Hey, can you work tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, sure.
4: Yeah, he's too big time for me. That's that's all that's happening again. But I appreciate you sitting in with us. Is it a little bit different for you when you're actually, like, in here on a weekday and you don't have to pay attention to 10 screens you, at once you, with you, games ping-ponging?
3: You know, it's, it's – It's different. It's nice to preview games. It's nice to do what we do on Sunday, Live Bet Sunday, where we have a zillion things going on at once. We hop on at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. So... That's obviously the witching hour, yes. as we know. Yes. But uh, no, it's great to be in uh, uh, here with you today, Storm.
4: Appreciate you. Yes, the craziness that is the witching hour. Um, we've got a great couple hours ahead, though. Here on Veasan Final Countdown, Eli Hershkovich, lead writer for TheLines.com. He's going to join us, talk through some college hoops. We've also got the one and only Steve Buchanan joining us, like he does every week. NFL uh, betting analyst. Also, we we told you yesterday that he was one of the people that had the move for DeGrom in the 25-1 to selection. He also predicted Aaron Judge to the Giants, which unfortunately did not ultimately end up happening like we thought maybe that it would. But it is official as of today, Aaron Judge will continue to be a New York Yankee. Nine years, $360 million. And so basically... Over the course of the last six or seven months here, Jeff, uh, the Yankees have uh, increased their position with judge by 70% of the dollar value that they have had to add on to his deal since uh, they lowballed him the way that they did going into this AL MVP season.
3: Well, worth it. Well, worth it. I, again, it's kind of amazing where, again, I, I grew up in that area. I'm a Mets fan for all these years. It was the Mets that were the ones who were cheap. The Yankees were the ones who spent and did whatever was possible to try to win and the fact that this was as close as it was mm-hmm. that they had to up their based off of what all the reports are the offer had to be up 40 million dollars over the last 48 hours to get this done but look good on the yankees for doing what is really the bare minimum bringing back your mvp bringing back your star the guy who is going to wear the c on the on on his chest mm-hmm. moving forward uh but but you know what those odds at draftkings right now to win the world series next year you know you know what's interesting starmy the Dodgers have really done nothing in this offseason, mm-hmm. which makes me think that those odds are going to come creeping down a little bit, which would probably mean a good time to hop on the Dodgers when they fall into that Yankee-Met-Brave category.
4: It seems like we're seeing the same three teams every single year, yeah, right at the top right. and it never yeah. changes.
3: I mean, look, Houston, even with losing Verlander, Houston is set up to be good for a decade still, so I have no problem with them being the favorite to repeat. I don't think they will. Right now, the best bet on the board is the Phillies Mm -hmm. because those numbers have not moved enough, but we'll see. we still got a lot of pieces to move in the next few weeks.
4: Our guy Dave Ross, as he was walking out of here, said not nearly enough people are talking about Verlander. (laughs) What do you feel as a Mets fan? Oh,
3: I mean, I think that's just Dave being Dave. (laughs) I'm good with this being flying under the radar. I mean, look, he's 40. You're paying him a ton of money, but guy won the Cy Young last year. Again, that NL East is going to be a gauntlet. Mm -hmm. Those three teams, the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, To me, at this moment, those are the three best teams in the National League until the Dodgers do something here. they got to find a way to replace Trey Turner, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously going to Philadelphia. The Padres apparently offered Turner more money, and he still went to Philadelphia. So I think the three best teams in the NL at this moment are all in the NL East, which means – Someone is winning the division and crashing out like the Braves did last year in the first uh, playoff yeah. round.
4: Speaking of which, the Padres, uh, we did hear, got into the game a little bit later trying to see if they could make their way in the Aaron Judge sweepstakes, see if they could get him back out to California. So the Giants and Padres both buying for that opportunity, but he stays home with New York, like we said. And speaking of Verlander being 39 years old, this deal for Judge, he's 31 right now, would keep him there through being 40 at $40 million a year.
3: Look, there are going to be a lot of contracts, Stormy, that look really bad in 10 years from now. But for the Yankees, if you yeah. win a World Series in the next three, who cares what you're paying Aaron Judge in nine years? It doesn't matter if he if he breaks apart at 30. Heck, he might retire before the deal's up yeah. with the way he's built. But, look, a good job by the Yankees. And and it's nice to see the hot stove actually being hot again. Remember these last few years? It hasn't really been hot Uh, especially pre-pand those last few years pre-pandemic. Nothing happened until January, February because people were just waiting it out.
4: Yeah, we've got all the action going on here. Um, Last season, again, Aaron Judge, AL home run record, 62 home runs, topped the AL in RBI and OPS second in batting average at 311. Lots of other moves, though, in Major League Baseball as well. We'll just kind of... Crashed through him real quickly, and <laughs> um, the Giants did actually make a move yesterday. Turns out, three-year, forty-three and a half million dollar deal with Mitch Haniger. Phillies continued their off-season hot streak by signing Tywin Walker, four years, seventy-two millions for the thirty-year-old right-hander. Uh, Mets get starting pitcher Jose Quintana on a two-year deal. Cups get Jamison Tyone on a four-year $68 million deal and Cubs. Uh, Cody Bellinger also agreed with them to a one-year deal. Josh Bell, meanwhile, finds his landing spot in Cleveland. What did I miss or anything that stands out to I you think most I think you got everything those? that was noteworthy. Uh, okay. I think you got everything. Had to double-check. Uh, let's get to some, <laughs> some NFL because there was some bad news for the Buffalo Bills today. Pass rusher Von Miller done for the season. Head coach Sean McDermott telling reporters earlier today that during exploratory surgery for what they expected to be a lateral meniscus issue, ended up actually being a torn ACL. So Von Miller done for the Bills.
3: So now the Bills have their excuse if they w- don't win the Super Bowl, right, Stormy? No, I'm, I'm a little bit harsh. Come on. Though, but, but here's the deal, though. Here, here's the deal with this for Buffalo. This was the guy that was going to push them to beat Kansas City in a playoff game. The guy that, let's face it, they haven't played Cincinnati. They play Cincinnati Week 17. That's going to hurt them in that game. But, you know, you know, more than anything, if you're Buffalo, that defense still should be good enough to get the one seed the way this all breaks down. Now, they might have to win out to, to get the one seed. They might have to win that game on on the 2nd of January on a Monday night in Cincinnati in Week 17 to get the one seed. But look, you're a 9.5-point favorite against the Jets this weekend. I know the Jets beat them the first time, and unlike the Minnesota loss, which took an all-time fluke at the end to get that game into overtime with Allen fumbling on his own one-yard line, which was ridiculous, and then Miami... Josh Allen skipped in what should have been a game-winning touchdown pass, and then Isaiah McKenzie didn't get out of bounds. So, really, the Jets are the only team so far this year of the three losses for Buffalo where you can say, all right, Buffalo is actually outplayed in that game. So, it's Mike White instead of Zach Wilson. That is better for New York, but – It doesn't matter if Von Miller isn't there this week. The Jets have had some offensive line injuries as well. They lost Max Mitchell for the year as well today their right tackle. Uh, But this is one of those, again, I would love to see the Jets beat him again, obviously, but I don't see that happening. Long-term-wise for Buffalo, this makes it a little more complicated if you don't get that. Playoffs all the way through Western New York.
4: Yeah, and like that was the goal when you bring in a guy like Von Miller because of his pedigree and because of what he can do on the football field, that he's the guy that maybe could get that pass rush over the hump and win in those important moments. Because Miller was already going on IR, this doesn't really change anything for the other numbers that I've seen for Buffalo plus 350, Super Bowl favorite, plus 175 in the AFC, and a $4 favorite in the AFC East. This is, by the way, also the same ACL that Miller did tear back in 2003. In the games that he's played this year, ranked 5th in pressure, 7th in pass rush win rate, and 12th in sacks with 8. And just to put in perspective a little bit what that value is meant to Buffalo, he has 21 more pressures than the next Bills player on the team, so he ha- he has made an impact for sure. Um, keep it rolling here, though. Something to monitor. Patrick Mahomes, speaking of you know, a team that could be going toe-to-toe with the Bills down the line in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes said he suffered a bruised foot in Week 13, came up limping late in that loss to the Bengals this past week, but then said at, at, at practice today, I guess, that he doesn't think that it'll be an issue affecting him, so that number is still sitting at the 9.5.
3: Yeah, they played Denver this week, who uh, <laughs> by, by the way, Stormy, I, I, I hate the Broncos, by the way. <laughs> Hey, they somehow beat the beat your 49ers which in retrospect is is kind of ridiculous and
4: i got knocked out of survivor because of yeah, that I, stupid I, game i didn't even
3: know that that uh. makes it even worse so i was doing some math I'm and again I, I, i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a mathematician by any stretch the denver broncos this year are averaging under 5 points a game in the second half if you take out or excuse me a little over 5 if you take out the 14 they scored against jacksonville it's 4.5 with that, it's 5.3. This, it doesn't matter if Mahomes is at 50% in this game. If they had to play Chad Henny the Chiefs would still find a way to win this game <laughs> this week. It is amazing how bad the Denver Broncos have been offensively. Look, we, we all know it. We've said it across the network, time in, time out. Best defensive football, maybe second best at worst. And the worst offense we've ever seen, basically. It's pretty amazing what has
4: happened. there. And because of those two things, they've been the best under team in football. So maybe maybe worth a look at the under 43, even if you think that the Chiefs offense is going to go a little bit more. I mean, but it is just crazy how good their defense has been. And Russell Wilson cannot find a way to maneuver that offense any way, shape, or form. Well,
3: Well, and again, that's kind of the craziest thing. If they've scored 18 points in regulation in every game this year, they only have one loss. The only team that put more than 18 on them in regulation was the Raiders here in Vegas earlier in the season. So, again, this is one of those where I was just going through everything this morning trying to figure figure out, hey, what am I going to bet this week? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do on the Megapod tomorrow with Gil Alexander? And I was like, all right, we get to this game. The under feels like the best play, especially with that Mahomes-Bruce foot. And I was trying to figure out, all right, how many points does Denver need to cover this game against Kansas City? Are they going to be able to hold Kansas City to 24 and if, even if they hold them to 24, how are they getting to 17?
4: Yeah. No, that's really intriguing. I, this was a game that I was thinking about teasing just because you get it down with the get lower it down total. To three. Yeah. yeah. But he I, it. I would
3: be worried about, about Kansas City winning by a field goal if Mahomes is banged up, though. Yeah. That would be the only concern I have.
4: Well, you just said that they're going to win. No, no matter I
3: know. No, that's the. Again, I have to play both sides of the coin on, on, on this one. But I, expect, I think this, is, this screams 24 10. That's what it screams to me.
4: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. The Broncos, again, just so rough to watch. And speaking of teams that are rough to watch, the Houston Texans apparently are going back to Davis Mills, it appears. (laughs) Um, We have that and a lot more news around the NFL, though, when we come back. We're going to step aside here in a moment. But, I mean, so many games to go through here in Week 14. Uh, NFL awards, where we sit in the MVP market, offensive player of the year. Um, The 2023 draft order is just Hilarious. The more and more you look at that top five, top 10. So lots of different things that we're going to cover here this hour. Don't go anywhere. More Beast and Final Countdown with Stormy Jeff coming up. is online sportsbook here calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with the world cup in full swing now's the perfect time to check out bet rivers you can log into bet rivers every single match day and receive a bet on behalf of bet rivers when you place a wager of at least 25 bucks bet rivers has all the latest lines odds and boosts to create the perfect match day experience you can head over to bet rivers.com or download the bet rivers app today to get in on all of the action it's a whole new game Also, just Googled some of the Patrick Mahomes numbers in the division and against the Broncos, (laughs) and uh, bruised foot and all. I think it's still worth investing in the Chiefs here. Twenty-four passing touchdowns, four interceptions versus division opponents the last two seasons. He's nine and zero against the Broncos in his career, and has never lost to a divisional opponent on the road in his career. Fourteen and zero. Is that good? I think that's all right. He's okay. <laughs> He's okay. Chief's a nine-point favorite uh, in the Mile High City coming up this Sunday. But like we referenced right before we left uh, that last segment, Texans head coach Lovey Smith announced today, Davis Mills. He's back. Oh, yes. Back under center for the Texans. And um, in a very interesting spot is a 16-and-a-half-point underdog against the juggernaut offense that is the Dallas Cowboys lately scored 33 points in the fourth quarter of that Sunday night football matchup against the Colts the other day. So, so
3: Stormy, this line's actually come down a little bit. It went for, it was 17, 16 and a half. There was actually, Circa had a 16 a little bit earlier. I think it popped back to 16 and a half. You know, at a full 17, I was trying to find a way to back the Texans in this game. And I just, with Kyle Allen, I couldn't do it. Now you put putting Davis Mills, who look, for all of his problems, he's better than Kyle Allen. There's no arguing that. But you're going up against a team that, again, is coming off scoring 33 unanswered in the fourth quarter against mm-hmm. Indianapolis and playing just some phenomenal football. Sometimes you don't want to get in front of that type of train, but it is the National Football League, and you're asking a team to cover more than two touchdowns. That's all oh, something is to consider. Is this the biggest number
4: we've seen this year?
3: So that sounds right because Miami was 14 against Houston a yeah. few weeks ago. I think you're. I think you are right. I think sixteen and a half is the biggest number we've seen so far this year. Because there were a couple
4: games last year. I remember the the Bills were big, like seventeen. I've Maybe even creeped well, up to a- eighteen point favorite. A-
3: Arizona was nineteen and a half against yeah, against yeah. the, the uh, Texans early in the year and but covered this, that number. Oh God. <laughs>
4: But, yeah, this year we haven't seen a lot of those big, big favorites. um, but you understand why it's that way in this spot. And the Cowboys, meanwhile, the last two seasons fifteen and five ATS. um they have the number one pass rush win rate defense uh, to this point, number three scoring offense in the NFL. And everything seems to be clicking on all cylinders as the Cowboys are kind of on this upward trajectory here with or without OBJ, whatever happens. Yeah, I,
3: I don't think Beckham, I, even if Beckham signs there, I just don't know how effective he's going to yeah, be. That's such a
4: weird situation. Yeah, the whole,
3: the whole thing is kind of, I don't think it's been worth the pomp and circumstance, that whole thing. But you know what, Stormy, I will say this, because uh, our guy Dave Ross was very confident in the last segment of and Big Bets just before we were on the air. Dallas' schedule down the stretch is not that easy. They have to play that game the final week of the season against Washington. They get the Thursday night game right after Philly in Tennessee against the Titans, who we know are a pain in the behind to play against. I don't even think that Jacksonville game next week is a sure gimme. So come
4: on, no Jacksonville can. Did play. you just no. see them get lit up by the Lions? Look, don't tell look, me that look. Jacksonville's not uh, a uh, gimme look, for look, the look, Dallas look, Cowboys. Look, come on. Look, look
3: according according to Twitter, the Lions aren't losing until 2025. So <laughs> Dan uh, Campbell, uh, baby, bite uh, Dan those Campbell Coach at a millennium at this rate, but <laughs> but you know it's just one of those where. There have been a lot of numbers floating around on Dallas these last few weeks where ESPN's power index had them as a 50% chance to make the Super Bowl, which is just mm-hmm. lunacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, Jeff Benson tweeting out of Circa that they're the number one power-rated team in the NFC, which, okay, I could see it. I still think Philadelphia is better than they are. But you just have to be able to play the market where, where their value peaks. It's time to go against them. I don't know if this week is the week that it peaks, but I think next week, if it's not this week, is the week. That's part of the reason I say that's not a gimme next week in okay. Jacksonville.
4: Stephanie clip clip this out. Just saying. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> Dallas
3: thirty-one, Jacksonville seven in two weeks.
4: There we go. Um, <laughs> let's keep it in the uh in the yield NFC here and a team that we thought could Was going to be a contender down the stretch, but then loses Jimmy Garoppolo to what, again, we thought was a season-ending injury. Maybe not. That appears maybe not because it ultimately is not the Liz Frank injury and that broken foot. So the word is that Jimmy Garoppolo could hypothetically return in seven, eight weeks, be there in the latter half of the postseason. That said, Josh Johnson is back. The 49ers (laughs) re-signing the journeyman quarterback to a one-year deal from the Broncos practice squad. This is his fourth stint. With San Francisco? Sounds right. Coming back on through, uh, we did, I say we, apologies. The 49ers did not get uh, (laughs) Baker Mayfield, which honestly I was very grateful for. I don't feel like we need that in the locker room. We've got enough going on. So I am in the camp, and I don't know how you feel about this, that Brock Purdy just needs to be efficient enough and good enough for the 49ers to still be live here late in the season and make a push. How do you feel? Cause most people are very against my stance on this.
3: So multiple shout outs coming here. So on good morning football earlier this week, Peter Schrager compared this situation to when our guy who's on after us, Sean King took over the 99 Tampa Bay Buccaneers after injuries. The Trent Dilfer went out for the season and Sean King was a rookie. Uh, it, Somewhat unheralded, even though he had a great career, obviously, at Tulane. And with that amazing defense, which I think it's safe to say the Niners are easily the best defense in the NFL at this point. Just go out there and don't turn the ball over. And if Brock Purdy can play like he did on Sunday, where uh, Stormy, I thought Brock Purdy played genuinely well. Mm-hmm. I know Miami's defense stinks, but he was really good, especially where the last times we saw him, he had a weird career at Iowa State, where in his second year, he was as good as anyone in the Big 12. By the end, it's like, really? This guy was a four-year starter? Why didn't they try someone else? Gets drafted, and now you're in a great situation mm-hmm. for being Mr. relevant. You're going in with the best defense in the NFL. You have two elite weapons in McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And guess what? Just just don't crash the car. If you don't yeah. crash the car, you're winning the division And still have the best shot of anyone to beat Philadelphia and Philly in a playoff.
4: And that's my thought process. That's my hope, especially given the type of elite talent and weapons that they do have on offense. When you look at Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, those three alone are the top in yards after catch at their respective positions. Brandon Ayuk has really grown Mm -hmm. in that area as well. We know he's known for it in college, and he's just continued to develop that skill set within the 49ers. So just get the ball out to your playmakers don't turn it over, and I feel like the defense will give you enough of a shot to compete in any game here down the stretch. He was 25-37, of 210 yards and two touchdowns coming off the bench in that game against the Dolphins. First start coming up this week against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I said this on the show yesterday, but I still find it so funny that in his opening availability press conference this week, Purdy goes, well, Tom Brady has been playing football longer than I've been alive, so this will be interesting. <laughs>
3: that's, you know, that's just, that, that in retrospect is obviously, obviously he'll. But this game is interesting because this total storm is 37 where the lowest total we've seen this year was that Denver Carolina game a few weeks ago was 36 went under every number. How is Tampa scoring? I know they scored the two late touchdowns against New Orleans, but I think that was just one of those where the snowball with that horrible third down decision kind of got rolling, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, we're in big trouble here with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. If San Francisco gets out like 14-3 to 3 in this game, that defense is going to just let it rip and do whatever they want against Tampa, who just doesn't have a particularly good offense this no,
4: year. No, and the offensive line continues they to be block. an issue for them. Yeah, it's just the way that it is. Uh, Tom Brady has only been an underdog to a rookie quarterback one other time in his career, 2006 to Vince Young. Uh Pats beat the Titans in that game 40-23 to on New Year's Eve. So just throwing that out there. Did not like it. Did not want that result in this case. Uh, One more. uh, We have another quarterback update here. Doug Peterson saying Trevor Lawrence... Did not practice today. He's got a foot injury from that hit on Sunday. A sprained left big toe. So he's considered day-to-day. Uh, status technically up in the air, but most of the comments made it sound as if there won't be an issue with him playing this week. I don't know if this changes your opinion on the Jaguars for next week, though, just in case.
3: <laughs> it doesn't change my opinion this <laughs> week because this was an unbedable game to begin yes. with against Tennessee where Tennessee just got slaughtered last week by Philadelphia. The Jaguars got slaughtered by the Lions. So you got two teams coming off getting destroyed. It's a tough game to handle here. Maybe an under again. Again, Tennessee usually plays those low scoring it out games, Stormy.
4: Um, if for whatever reason Trevor Lawrence was not able to go, their backup is CJ Bethard, which I haven't heard that name in a little while. Yeah,
3: it's not it's not Gardner Minshew. That's uh that's all that matters to me. Oh
4: man, I, I missed the mustache wonder. <laughs> that was oh man, Minshew Mania. That was a fun time.
3: It was uh it was an interesting time, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> That's the word we're going with in this case. Interesting. Um, any, I'm trying to see. Is there any other like big news that we really missed other than I know Mark Ingram likely out for the season, but that was doesn't matter. Yeah, that was not really big on my thing. Tua Tungavailoa limited in practice with an ankle. And, hey, oh, you tweeted about this. I should have led with this. Jeff Brom going back home. He and Louisville finalized the deal.
3: Yeah, I think the Louisville Cardinals actually have an upgraded head coach. I'm uh, not a big Satterfield guy. I was stunned that Cincinnati moving into the Big 12. That was the move that they decided was the one to make. Uh, but, again, that Fenway Bowl, next Saturday, <laughs> that's next Saturday – Oh, boy, that's going to be a fascinating dynamic with Louisville playing Cincinnati.
4: Absolutely. We uh, will get into a little bit of college football later on in the show, but for now, we're going to stick to um, a little college hoops, I believe. Eli Hershkovich, lead writer at thelines.com, is going to join us coming up next to get his opinion on the Jimmy V Classic, how things played out, Illinois, with a big win over number two-ranked Texas, and any plays that he's got coming up today. Don't miss it on v Final Countdown. This is Vess's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni
3: and Matt Brown on Faceit, the sports betting network.
4: Thanks for hanging out with us here on Vess's final countdown. Remember though, before you make your next bet, you got to check out vessin.com and get that current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, our betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see all of the changes in action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets, where the money doesn't match the public opinion. And you can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits, just another way. Visin's here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check it out at vsin.com. Stormy Von Antonio, Jeff Parles with you here live from the South Point. Got some just news coming through moments ago that Lamar Jackson did not practice today. Kind of the expectation, though, dealing with that PCL injury, that the expectation is that he would miss. A couple of weeks here. Yeah. The expectation
3: is that still he won't play Sunday. The line dictates that the fact that the Steelers are a favorite in any account and they're almost a field goal favorite, but that that's not a surprise. And again, for Baltimore, they are look, the fact that Huntley got that touchdown mm-hmm. at the end of the game. They could have been looking at a real meltdown like they had at the end of last year. I don't think that happens because they were able to beat the Annette Broncos on Sunday.
4: As someone who had a Ravens minus two as a teaser leg, your girl was not
3: pleased.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, we do have some college hoops, though, to get to. Excited to welcome in good friend of the show, Eli Hershkovich, lead writer at thelines.com, host of the Outside Shots podcast. Welcome in. my. Hopefully you haven't had any bad beats like I did with that teaser leg. It was not fun for me on Sunday. <laughs>
6: Well, every time I come on the show, Stormy, it seems like San Diego State is playing in another closed game. They somehow (laughs) closed it out on Monday. So congratulations to your Aztecs.
4: Thank you. We're getting it. At least we can finally say something positive, and we're not coming on here talking about the Maui the Maui Invitational anymore. I just need to get that <laughs> out of my mind. But speaking of some of these little tournament-type style things, we have the Jimmy V Classic, always a fun one, and uh, do candles business against Iowa. And Illinois rallied to overcome their turnover issues and get the upset bid in overtime against the number two-ranked Texas Longhorns. Chris Beard squad can't get it done. What did you take away from the couple games there in the Jimmy V Classic?
6: Yeah, Illinois was very impressive to me in their comeback, overcoming a five-point deficit with under a minute left in that game. And they had a 10-minute stretch, roughly a 10-minute stretch stretch in the second half where they scored four points. So the fact that the Illini were able to get over uh, one one point per possession, I think it was 1.05 points per possession against one of the best defenses in college, basketball, really stood out to me. And Jaden Epps, they're one of their freshman guards, and Illinois has a, a handful of really talented young guards. But with Sky Clark, one of their better freshmen on the team, dealing with the, some of those turnover issues that you mentioned, Epps really stepped up down the stretch, hit that big three in the final 40 seconds of the game. Then Terrence Shannon Jr., the Texas Tech transfer, finally came to life in overtime. So Brad Underwood said it after the game, he's really trying to still handle these rotations with a bunch, bunch of transfers and freshmen on this team. But the upside of the Illini offense with them having that elite defense or upper echelon defense, I, again, really stood out.
3: Eli, let's, let's go to tonight. night. Uh, let's go to Gainesville. This is a really good game featuring a team that if you've wa- have not watched UConn so far, You're missing out. They have looked as good as anyone so far this year. They go on the road to Florida. Gators are getting four and a half here, but Eli, you're looking at a total here.
6: Yeah, and a total that is still playable. I bet the under 144 and a half earlier this morning, and you could still get that number. It might be around 144, 143 and a half, but I still think it's a playable number, and what stands out, I think, the most people on the surfaces. You have two teams in UConn and Florida that play Up-tempo, more so Florida that plays at a very uh, quick pace under the first-year coach from San Francisco, Todd Golden. But defensively, this UConn team, if they can keep Florida in the half court, they have one of the best defenses in the country. And this was a Huskies team that I backed after the PK-85 or amid the PK-85. I bet UConn to win the title at 66-1. to That number is gone. It's around 20-1 to or lower at most shops. But again, this defense is elite in the half court. You have two really good rim protectors and Adama Sinogo and Donovan Klingon, one of their freshmen, a seven foot two freshman off the bench that can really stymie Colin Castleton, who really makes this Florida offense go and Florida, Florida under golden really wants to attack the paint. They want to shoot threes. UConn with their length can really disrupt Florida shooting from the outside. And again, that length inside can disrupt Castleton. And then at the other end, this Florida defense isn't great in transition, but UConn is due for some three-point shooting progression after their red-hot start. So I think the under is the play in this game.
4: And uh, Eli does have a full write-up of this game, by the way, as well, over at thelines.com, so make sure you check that out. Uh, UConn, one of four top 25 teams in action today. Unfortunately, none of them are playing each other, but still some more interesting <laughs> matchups on the lineup. Number 14, Indiana, a 13-point favorite hosting Nebraska in Bloomington. Total sitting in 133. What do you make of this one?
6: Yeah, the line is pretty much set about right to me. Indiana coming off that disappointing loss on Saturday at Rutgers. Granted, I have the Scarlet Knights, so I was pretty happy (laughs) with the result as four point home dogs and obviously plus money to win the game outright. But Nebraska got pretty fortunate in their upset win against Creighton on Sunday. The Blue Jays missed a ton of open threes. Now, Nebraska has impressed defensively, and in particular with their post-up defense. And this is an Indiana team that runs through the low block with Trace Jackson Davis and he not only is dealing with that back injury but also a thumb issue so if Nebraska can limit Jackson Davis down low and I don't know what to make of this offense but that's kind of why I lean towards the under in this game now it's been bet down a full two points from 135 and a half down to 133 and a half but with the pace that Nebraska likes to play at again a, a slower tempo not really a super efficient offense but uh, you could trust them defensively so far. Uh, the under might be worth a look on if you're trying to bet this game live, and, and the pace plays out to Nebraska's favor. Eli,
3: let's uh, let's go to a, a pretty nice non-con matchup that looked looked a little spicier earlier in the year. Dayton has really struggled so far this year. They're five and four. Virginia Tech uh, with a great performance, sending UNC out of the top 25 uh, with an 80 to 72 win over the weekend. Right now, the Hokies are seven-point favorites against the Flyers. Total,
6: 126.5. Yeah, and this is a a Flyers team, like you mentioned, that was hyped up in the offseason, projected to be one of the better mid-majors across college basketball and contend in the A-10 with St. Louis at the top. But no Malachi Smith, who's one of the better mid-major point guards in the country. No Kobe Elvis, one of their other guards for the foreseeable future. So Flyers backcourt dealing with some injuries and this is a Virginia tech team that can space you out, but it is a potential letdown spot for the Hokies Mm -hmm. after that win over North Carolina over the weekend and the way they hedge and hard hedge uh, on those ball screens and pick and roll situations defensively. Dayton has the bigs to take advantage where uh, on the flip side, UNC didn't since Baycott, one of the better bigs in the country set out that game on Sunday. So if Dayton could take advantage in the pick and roll with Deron Holmes and Kamara, and they're able to play at a slower tempo, again, a similar situation to the two previous games we talked about, maybe uh, worth a look towards the under, but again, might be also worth a look towards the flyers. If they're able to take advantage with that, but with those ball screen sets offensively.
4: One team that was caught in Virginia Tech's wake relatively recently, uh, Penn State lost on November 18th, 61-59 to the Hokies. They're also coming off a double overtime loss to Clemson, facing a Michigan State team today that's dropped back-to-back games. But we also know how they started the season with a win against Kentucky. So I don't know what version of the team that we're going to get here on the court later on tonight, but what do you make of the number sitting four and a half in Michigan State-Penn State?
6: Yeah, I think you're going to get the worst version of the two Spartans team storm, okay. especially. Had to with... check, had to check. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Malik Hall is still out for Michigan State. Uh, the Spartans put up under a point per possession against a Northwestern team that prides itself on the defensive end, but that's pretty much all the positive things that you could say about Chris Collins' group this season, and they somehow lost outright to Northwestern at home, even though this offense has disappointed overall without Malik Hall. But Defensively for Michigan State, they're bad in transition and they don't allow a ton of open looks from three, but their points per possession efficiency per shot quality isn't great at that end of the floor when they're trying to defend uh, the perimeter against teams that rely on catch and shoot threes. And this is a Penn State team that not only relies on three point shooting, but they do so in catch and shoot fashion a lot. And I would expect Penn State to be able to take advantage at the offensive end, especially if if they're able to get uh, and speed up this Michigan State defense. So I'm not laying the points with Penn State at home, but I don't trust Michigan State, even though they're more of a sharper side in this game, sitting as around a three and a half point road dog.
4: Really good info as always, Eli. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much and good luck with your bets tonight.
6: Thanks guys. Good to talk to you as always.
4: Absolutely. That's Eli Hershkovitz, lead writer again at thelines.com. Like I said, got previews out already today. You can also check out the Outside Shots podcast. They post a couple times a week, given futures insight and specific games throughout the week. Always good stuff from Eli.
3: Absolutely. That, that UConn-Florida game is really intriguing because yeah. Florida has already lost a home game to FAU, even though the Owls are a pretty good mid-major. See if uh, Todd Golden's got some tricks up his sleeves tonight.
2: Okay. You've been
4: getting into some college hoops here lately? A
3: little bit. A little bit. A little bit. First week of the year, a lot, but not as much recently.
4: Yeah, I have to dabble and then go all in in like a month. I'm just not ready yet. I will get there, though, people. Don't worry. We got college football, though, where I am all in on the other side.
1: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid of on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
5: This is v Final Countdown
3: with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the sports betting
5: network.
4: Back here live from Las Vegas, this segment of East Final Countdown presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine pouches are too complicated to use. They don't give you the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. It's made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store near you at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Bonantoni, Jeff Parle's at the desk. And you know what, Jeff? I think I'm actually better at reading these ads, these reads, with you here instead of the pressure that Matt Brown creates for me on a daily basis. (laughs) I can't say eligibility. I can't say certain words when Matt's here. But for whatever reason, it's working out with us Calming
3: presence, obviously. Clearly.
4: Clearly. (laughs) Um, And hopefully you can help me make some bets here at college football because uh, right now it's a little bit of a – I like to call it a bleep show when it comes to knowing who's going to be in and out of the lineup (laughs) for some of these bowl games. And I think as we get closer to kickoff for a lot of these and we know the information, there's going to be a whole lot of really great opportunity to bet on some of these games. But where we sit right now, there's just a lot of unknowns. Fortunately, though, we do have a game coming up this weekend already, the annual Army-Navy game. That uh, we know who's going to be in action and who's not. And it's not really something we have to worry about in America's game. But this has been a little bit of an interesting line flip here. Because Navy opened as a short dog. And now they are up to a two and a half point favorite in this one. And the total continues to get lower. We are at 32 in this game.
3: So this is also an interesting one from the perspective behind us. When Chris Andrews and company here at the South Point did their games of the year. Army was minus 10. So this is a two-score flip. And again, both of these teams. Man,
4: if you're sitting with Navy
5: plus plus 10 10, right now in a 32
3: total game. You're just straight chilling more than anything. (laughs) But, you know, Stormy, I don't have anything on the side here because I think these teams are even. If you want to take a shot on Army, go ahead. I don't have a problem with that. This game ending up landing two actually Mm -hmm. is in play because of the way these games go. The question I have for you, Stormy, is how low is too low? On these service academy games. Because we know all these games always go under. We already saw Air Force and Navy go under this year. We saw Air Force and Army go under this year. How low is too low on these service academy games? I'm not certain 32 is low enough. That's the one concern that I have. I think, actually, that's about right. Yeah. 17-14, where this game goes under by a point, feels right to me.
4: And 17-13 was the final last year. Yep. And 15 nothing the final <laughs> of the year prior to that. And so, yeah, I Over don't know. Over a decade of
3: unders in this game now.
4: I might do. I think it's almost like we might have to do one of those just hold your nose, cry as you watch the game, hope nobody gets across the end. And just you have to, like, by just the fact that it's so many consecutively, like, just bet the under and sweat it out and have some fun watching the game that everybody wins because it's America, you know, that's Correct. kind of how
3: <laughs> there are also 32 and a halfs out there pretty much everywhere, except for behind us. So as always shop around, make sure you get your best number, especially on a total that's that ridiculously low.
4: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we did get some news today as we kind of like joked around about the opt outs and all of these, Players being shipped through the the transfer portal in this one, but Kentucky quarterback Will Levis is going to skip the Music City Bowl to prepare for the 2023 NFL Draft. He um, it's it's funny also because that game I'll have to pull it up has a really low total in it as well. How about
3: 31 and a half?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about what like how many points were scored in the Music City Bowl last year when it was Tennessee and uh, ah what I'm I'm was it drawing blank. On, yes, Tennessee Purdue. Yeah. A bajillion points were scored, and now we're going to have this slugfest with Iowa.
3: Yeah, you know, it's just, again, whenever you see <laughs> whenever you see Iowa, again, these totals just keep creeping down. Uh, 31 and a half is comically low. Now, here's the problem, though. With Lil, Even if Levis was playing in this game, I'm still not even certain if, if Kentucky scores more than 14 points against Iowa. You take Levis yeah. out, yes, you have a great... Running back in Rodriguez Jr. there. But Iowa, in order to get over 31 and a half, you're going to need, you need to get, oh man, you need to get 17 both sides in order to get there because a 14 14 tie leads to 17 14 and you lose by a hook. So I'm not, I'm probably not going to bet this game until we get more information on who's playing on both sides. Yes, having Levis out helps maybe make this an Iowa bet, but. It's hey, Stormy, do you, do you really want to spend your New Year's Eve, uh, for us it'd be 9 in the morning out here on a Saturday, <laughs> do you really want to start, hey, I want to spend the last day of the year watching Iowa play football? He, like, I, I, as much, I, I don't want to detract you know from what? our friends in Iowa, but I don't know if I want to do that.
4: I got to tell you, I mean, regardless of the holiday, that's not really something <laughs> that's on might <my>, no. <laughs> know. Um, uh Nebraska did put up 24 um on them in that regular season yes, finale loss but the four game win streak prior to that only allowed 10, 10 three. 13, so yes, definitely keep that in mind as you look ahead to this game coming up on December 31st. Speaking of, there are plenty of other New Year's Six types of games that we mm-hmm. can get in on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Uh, college football playoff semifinals. The early game is going to be Mission TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. The nightcap Georgia-Ohio State. Let's start with the Fiesta Bowl. There, Michigan sitting an eight-point favorite total. I want to say is still 59. That's what I at least have on this screen here, but it looks like 60 at the South point TCU, a team that opened as a 200 to one underdog in the national championship odds. And they're still the longest shot, obviously of the the four here in this spot, but it is pretty incredible. If you're sitting there with that ticket right now, how you must be feeling.
3: Hey, you're, you're you got a nice way to sell out of that. That's yeah. all I can oh, say absolutely. there. Uh, but you know, it's it, it, this game. So stormy, when I was going through this, I thought Michigan was going to be 10. Okay, because TCU has been undervalued all year by the market and heck, they were an underdog. Yes, I know they lost, but they were an underdog in a big 12 title game against a team that they had already defeated in in the regular season. I, I think seven and a half is is still a Michigan play. I, I think the Wolverines will be able to run the ball. I don't care that Corham's not there. They still have two really good running backs. Behind him.
4: Donovan Edwards. Donovan over Edwards. 400 pretty, yards combined the last two games. He's pretty good. Yeah. That he's Edwards, all right. Donovan
3: Edwards guy. He's pretty good. Not bad as a backup for sure. <laughs> uh, and I also kind of like the under in this game. I think TCU's defense has actually played a lot better recently than people are giving it credit for. This feels like a, gr- a more of a grinder football game where Michigan wins 20, uh, 28 to 17, 28, uh, 28 20 to cover that seven and a half. Uh, but he, look, this has been an amazing story for the Horn mm-hmm. Frogs. And it would be another one if they found a way to upset Michigan and blow up what would either be a rematch of last year's Orange Bowl or 2.0 Ohio State-Michigan uh, for this year.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, no, it's going to be an interesting, like, best on best here because Michigan and their big, bad defensive line, the defense that's allowing just 13.5 mm-hmm. points per game versus one of the most explosive offenses in FBS led by Max Duggan. Michigan, by the way, Finished the regular season, and I had to look at this like a million times to make sure. Plus 347 point differential. Like, how? Well, that... I mean,
3: I know they beat everyone by a billion like in the uh, non-con, but the, that's this, ridiculous. This
4: get, yeah, just wild. But uh, most of that damage, by the way, coming in the second half, which was put on display when we saw that game against Ohio State. Um, look to the Peach Bowl, going over to Atlanta, Georgia, looking to repeat as national champs. Minus 125 favorite uh, to do so in those national title odds. Something, by the way, that has not been done in a decade. But a six and a half point favorite against Ohio State total. 61 here at the South Point um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium has been like just the second home. It feels like to Georgia's here two and in that building, and now they get a third opportunity to handle business here.
3: Yeah, of course they annihilated Oregon the first week of the season, made us think Oregon was terrible, even though they weren't. And then last week, what are you gonna do, LSU? I mean, Daniels gets hurt mid yeah. midstream, even though Nussmeyer played very well. It just too too big of a deficit to make that game really close. I think Georgia is significantly better than Ohio State. Ohio State played Notre Dame first week of the year, the best, the second best defense they saw. Couldn't move the ball. They played in Happy Valley and really struggled with a Penn State team. I know they were ranked in the top ten. I don't think Penn State was that good this year. And then you get the game. The only game that matters on Ohio State's schedule, let's face it, this year was Michigan. Revenge spot in your own building. You cannot lose that game. You especially cannot get annihilated in the second half like Michigan did to them. I think Georgia is going to run them out. I think this is a blowout. I am very comfortable laying six and a half with the Bulldogs in this one.
4: Because I did lay six and a half with the Bulldogs that's already. Good. I absolutely hope that that is what comes to fruition. That's like, that's, uh, I know we talked about it briefly in the commercial break, but that's the one bull bet that I have in pocket right now As we're still trying to like wait and figure out on a lot of these other lines.
3: I'm curious to see how this moves as we get closer because I think if it gets to seven, Ohio State will get bet. If he gets to six, Georgia should get bet. So, we might see some toggles back and forth between seven, six, six and a half. And this probably is where it lands. So, I have no problem with you yeah. six and a half.
4: There just was not enough for me based on what I saw overall from Ohio State throughout the course of the yeah. season. And then especially what we saw in that game with Michigan. I just... I don't see it, and this number just continues to surprise me. It feels like you're just giving us money here, which doesn't happen often, which means it's probably definitely going to backfire in my face now that I say that (laughs) aloud. So it is what it is. We're going to step aside. Uh, That's a wrap on Hour One, but some great content coming up next.
1: From BBC Radio 4,
2: work.